Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everybody. Welcome to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a great uh, show we have. A real thorough Thursday, almost like a throwback Thursday because my girl TK is in the building. We have not touched down in a very long time. I get to catch up with her, all the things that she has going on right now and the ways that she's staying committed to her advocacy and activism. She's been out there and I I can't wait to really dive in with her today. But of course, y'all, it's the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. That's right. Go ahead. Tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. Uh, if you can't watch us, we do have you covered. You can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whatever it is, you name it, whichever one is your favorite. Search for us and y'all will find us there. Well, I want to really leave no space uh, uh, in this day because I'm excited that I'm just getting to sit with TK. First time TK is in the studio in my living room set. Uh, and welcome, TK. <laughs> it's been you, a long time. You, How you doing? You. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I love the set. This is like nostalgia again. Yeah. It's, I'm loving it over here. <laughs> we try to make it comfortable for you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's real comfortable <laughs> here, man. You might want to kick your shoes off and kick back. That's you know right, right. right. Relax, yeah. relax. Well, you know, I really wanted to, to catch up with you. And we know uh, a lot of folks really got to know who you are through the movement of CHOP. You right. were out there leading protests. Just update the audience who may not be aware uh, of the work that you were out there doing. Just tell them, you know, how you were really leading some of those major efforts out there during that time oh really i mean i was i had the same mindset a lot of us had when we went out there was to just take a stand and provide a way for our youth to see people who look like them standing up for them and people who don't look like them standing up for them you know so that was just my big thing about it you know with the everyday march it was like five of us we went citywide with it we went countywide with it. we went to bellevue all over the place and just engaging with council members and city officials and regular community members on how we can affect change in the material conditions for black and brown youth here. Yeah, this so, is yeah, that was kind of where I was at with it. It was necessary. It still is necessary. And I know the last time I actually got to speak with you, I think we were at Mohai. It yeah. was all the way back when we did that special. But even then you were saying, look, you know, we can't really allow the, the momentum to just go away. And so I know you were really concerned with as money was coming in, resources from all of that work, from all those folks, you know, going out there on the front lines. Uh, I was out there too. I, I know what it felt like in the moment. And you know, we're like, this needs to be a movement and not a moment. Right. And so you were really like, look, I want to make sure that any of our community based organizations and people who are getting money, let's hold them accountable too. let's figure out what that right. looks like. How have you been able to really stay kind of connected to all the work that's been going on? I mean, I keep updating. I look, I look at, every, you know, I look at city websites. I look at those organizations pages. And I, I try to stay up to date on like what they're doing. Like I know Africa Town's building the Africa Town Plaza. I seen that and I was like, okay, cool. This is the fruits of that money coming into fruition. You know what I mean? So I think it was more, I think for me, it was being able to see it. 
you know, we all want to see the tangible things that came from that, right? We all want to see the tangible ways in which that money was spent. And so being able to see some of those, like I said, from Africa town and with the participatory budget that's coming up and getting kicked off right now. So I think being able to see the tangible ways in which that money is being used for me was a way for me to be like, okay, look, this is these people holding on to their word and saying, you know, we, we were serious. This is what we're doing. Here's the tangible results of that. Right. And so I think a lot of it for me was being able to see the results and seeing how people put their money where their mouth is literally, you know what I mean? You know, this is really I, I really enjoy these conversations with you, because for me, being in some of those organizations and seeing it on the other side, I thought so much of it was about how we communicated out to the community, like right. to the public. Right, right. People need to be able to know what's going on right. internally because there was a lot of work being done that actually elevated a yeah. lot of black led organizations who were already doing great work on the ground, but that swell of momentum from everyday folks throughout yeah. King County and beyond was really a, 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 an addition to the, the groundwork that they were doing. Cause now you got more spotlight on you. You got more folks who are saying we advocate for y'all to do something. Right, right. Um, and I really appreciate the fact that we had some longstanding black led organizations who were, again, already effective in their realms of how, how they move in community, but that they were here before all of that. Yeah. And they are now continuing through. I think about uh, the, the creative justice, right. community passageways, Choose 180, Africatown, as you said, uh, King County Equity Now was out there. It's, it's, it's like there was all of these, and there's so many more. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's so many more. But it was like there's all of these amazing organizations that, now had more eyes on them and it in some ways it allowed them to do more so right, right. I, I always thought to myself being on that side of it i got to experience that i'm like oh my goodness look at this development happening and now you have more capacity to you know hire more folks exactly. and now you can be more effective in community that spread is really important i i i asked you this uh, the last time you were with me but i still think it's in, important to this day something about what was going on made you say, I'm not going to let this pass by without me being a part of it. Something really allowed you to pour your energy into that. And I want you to be able to share that again with me a bit, because I know that we all had our reason. You know, it was it was personal for so many of us. Yeah. It wasn't just about George Floyd. Tell us a bit more about that for you. For me, my reason is the same now as it ever was. My siblings, my younger brothers, my niece, my nephew, they're not even five yet. You know what I mean? So like my family and these kids in the future generations is always going to be my motivation to stand up and want to do something right. And I think as somebody who grew up kind of rough and seen what it was like as a kid for me, I think it helps to heal my inner child to help these children now. You know what I mean? So honestly, some of it's to heal myself. Some of it, a lot of it is to make it better for the future generations. But at the end of the day, I think we all should see ourselves as guides and as role models for these children and because they look up to us. They, we are their earliest examples of what to do and what not to do, right? From the time they're born, we influence their every decisions from the time they're born. And so I think it's on us to be consciously aware of how we are moving through life and affecting them and what we're doing to make things better for them. And like I said, that's always been my reason because 
I grew up as one of those kids where it wasn't cool to be talk about your mental health back in the day. It wasn't cool to be different. It wasn't cool to be yourself. Right. And so now that we're in this day and age where that kind of has become acceptable. Right. I think it's time to let these children be exactly who they want to be and let their brains expand past what we have all put them in a box to be because they're smarter than us. And so my reasoning is always going to be the same. It's these kids, it's the future generations and my family and other people's family. I mean, I love that so much. I mean, because honestly, that that really is the, the heart for me as well as a mother. And I talk about my sons all the time uh, being my kind of impetus, being my guide. Right. Uh, you know, I, I always tell them, y'all are the wind beneath my wings. Right. Because people are like, how do you do all these things? How do you do it? You know, I was having a conversation this morning where I realized for many of us in the global majority, we don't have a choice. Right. 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 Or we make a very conscious choice to not participate in things yep. that are going to elevate material conditions for folks who look like us. Uh, particularly those of us who have been dealing with oppression, systemic racism, all these things, you know, for so many generations now, centuries, honestly. So I, I, I think we all, you know, need to learn from that message that you share. When you think about the energy that you and others, so many others were able to put out there and you think about what the future kind of holds now, (laughs) tell, you know, tell us what your kind of your viewpoint is on how these resources, how things may be shifted. Uh, We know we were no longer in the streets, right? Right. What we just saw with, you know, uh, Tyree Nichols, right? It's like, there, you know, people are still willing to stand up when they see wrong. There's something I think that really did shift with us, but it's also on a lot of us to keep that shift yeah, moving. Yeah. Tell us just a bit about what you see and kind of envision in terms of the future. I honestly, me, I would love to see a shift more towards like community unity, because truthfully, we're never gonna, we not ever gonna get to a point where. The system is going to stop beating us down until we stop beating ourselves down as community members, right? Until we start understanding that, until we come together as actual community. I mean, not just black communities, brown communities. No, it's like if something happens in a community that doesn't look like you, you take yourself over there and you stand up for that community too. Because you would want them to come stand up for you, right? So it's not just about separating your communities. We're all one big village here. And I think we need to shift towards that mentality of being a village again, because the system is not going to take care of us the way we need to take care of ourselves to produce the material conditions, the material change or conditions of these communities that are really affected by systematic oppression and racism. Right. And until we stand up as communities and as a whole and be like, oh, something happens in our Asian communities, black people, we're going to go over there and we're going to stand up with our Asian brothers and sisters and siblings because they're part of our community. Right. And vice versa. That's the mentality we need to start shifting towards because until we shift and start thinking of it as a whole village and just not separate communities, we can't expect these institutions of oppression like the police to stop coming into black communities and oppressing us and killing us like with the Tyree Nichols situation. Those things are continuing, are going to keep continuing to happen until we stand up in our own communities and stop those things from happening in our communities as well. Yeah, uh, this is a, such a powerful message. I, I, you know, I've been this year in particular, uh, you know, really embracing what it means to be a loving being. Right. And right. that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Right. Is, you know, and, and and you are absolutely right. We still have a long way to go because 
there are so many different mentalities and ideologies that need to really be broken, if yes, I'm being honest, absolutely. in order for that to flourish, right? When, uh, you know, I'm talking to some of my Asian brothers and sisters and they say, look, we're doing the work internally because we know our older generation still have a stigma. They still have racial absolutely. bias, right? Um, when I think of the conversations I'm having in African communities where they're like, yeah, we know our parents came over here and they were told not to integrate with black folks. They were told all these things and they hold on to that. Yes. Well, there's so much mentality and ideology that needs to change. And I'm always saying, TK, that until the minds of people really change, we're going to continue to see this division Absolutely. that you're describing. Absolutely. Uh, because, uh, you know, of course, we, we've heard it uh, so many times, you know, mind informs our, you know, our, our thoughts inform our words, our words inform our actions, our actions become, you know, our habits. I mean, you can go down the litany of all of that, but it starts with thought. Yeah. And so if I'm in my, you know, everyday life and I'm thinking racially biased things about others who don't look exactly like me, I'm going to carry that in the way that I move. Absolutely. And so I've been doing some internal work. I think many of us, all of us, really, we have to look at that for, from a personal perspective, right? And it is a work. It is a serious work, uh, particularly for, I'll say, I'll speak for myself in dealing with knowing what harm has been caused to specifically my people, yes. African-Americans in America, right? Black folks, I'm like, yo, we, you know, we are constantly resilient and 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 pushing forward and all of that. But man, it's a lot. Right. And so, uh, you know, this year's uh, theme for Black History Month is Black resistance. Yes, it's learning about all of the resilience. I think about all these folks, the resilience, right? It's still there. You know, what are some of those things that give you strength as you think about how we're standing on the legacy of resilience of our people? Because it, it starts with us. We got to change our mind. I, I'm working on me, TK. It's a work. I'm working on me too. Don't do no worrying. Honestly, it's seeing stuff like this, the joy that comes from it, from being resilient and the progress that is made from being resilient. Because like you said, we're resilient people. We've been through the worst of the worst, and we, we're still here, you know, no matter what they've thrown at us, we are still standing as a people. And that speaks to that resilience. And for me, it's the joy that comes from it. It's the the smile I get to see on my, my brother's face. I see something that makes him proud. Like he sees something of, that I did that made him proud or something like that. It's just knowing that. I've, I've been able to help others. It's, it's, the, it's that, I don't know, it's that gratitude of being in service to others for me. I feel like my purpose is to inspire and help others. It's not from to benefit myself, right? And so I think ultimately, like I said, that gratitude of being in service to others is like what ultimately keeps me going because, I mean, yeah, I'm one person, but, you know, one person can do a whole lot. And as a people, we can do a whole lot. And so knowing that I come from a long, long line of resilient people just within my own generations, Dating back to my ancestors, even my generations now, I come from resilient people. And so that that is just one of those things you can't break in me. It's not I don't I've been, but I don't break. You know what I mean? 
And so that's just what it is for me. I love that. I love that. And and, and we're going to talk more about your resilience uh, after this break. I know you have some things you want to share with us. Y'all stay tuned. I am going to continue this amazing discussion with TK. You guys do not want to miss uh, the next version of what we're going to describe because we're going to lead in with that resilience piece. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Trey Holiday. We're bringing back Black love when we met. That's right. We need something to warm all of our hearts and to elevate love once again in our communities. We want y'all to go to whereweconverge.com forward slash black love so y'all can nominate your favorite couple for the next rendition of this show with me as the host. Let me sit down and have them on my couch and share how their love can inspire us all. Make sure y'all go and get your nominations in today and be on the lookout for black love when we met coming at you on Converge Media very soon. Pacific Northwest Ballet unveils Giselle, ballet's classic tale of romance, betrayal, and immortal love. The New York Times calls it a triumph, comparable to an epic film. This stunning production is touched by magic. Order tickets now at pnb.org. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is TK on this thorough and throwback Thursday. What up, TK? What up, what up? Uh, you know, we were ending there on resilience, and I think it's so important that, you know, we we really leave some space here because I know folks are like, where you been? You know, where you yeah. been? And you had a whole situation where you had to really step back and heal yourself. Tell us, uh, you know, kind of that journey that you've been on. Uh, so but I've been actually in school and, you know, trying to maintain a 4.0 in college right you. now. So that's what I'm on currently. But the, man, the past six months have not been easy for me. Back in July, um, I was actually shot twice. Uh, and so that kind of threw my world to a whole different realm of like, I didn't know what to do with my life. You know what I mean? And it took me, I mean, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what's what right now from it. And so it's just one of those things where you see it happen, you hear about it happening, but it ain't never happened to you. It's happening in my family, but it's never happened to me. And it did. And it was just like one of those things where I see my whole life flash before my eyes. And it just was, you know, it was eye opening to me because of the lack of, I don't want to say like, attention because I don't need attention, but it's the lack of concern that the city has for when those things happen for to everyday people. You know what I mean? And I think trying to heal physically from two gunshot wounds, one in my foot, one in my side, it just, I don't know. I took, I took a lot of things a lot harder, like all this. And then it seemed like right after I get shot, a wave of gun violence just hit the city. It just, it threw me into this mental state of just, I didn't, I felt that internally, you know, and it just, it bogged me down and it had me a little depressed for a little while because I don't understand how people can just keep doing this to each other. You know what I mean? I don't understand how we can just keep doing this to each other and keep perpetuating this violence towards each other, but then get mad when the police do it. You know what I mean? But it's cool when we do it to each other. We don't say nothing then. And so like, even now I'm still upset about that because I feel like 
why do we have to constantly want to put on this 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 facade like it's just the police doing this to us when really it's really our own community doing more than anybody and i didn't understand that i didn't really get that point of why everybody kept saying that until it happened to me until i was the one wondering like damn why nobody come why is nobody making a big deal about this why is nobody saying nothing why is nobody speaking up heck why ain't the police even here doing nothing right and so it was just like one of those till it happened to me i didn't understand and now i understand fully like the magnitude in which in the urgency in which we need to start standing up to our own communities first because we can't just keep letting our communities being killed by each other yeah, you know, this is, uh, I'm so sorry you had to deal with that and go through it. And it, it, it's one of those things where you are so right. There are so many of us who get the lesson when we're in the thick of it. And what can we do to change that trajectory, right? Like where people get it way before they have to experience it so that we can begin to really see a turning of the tide, you know, through, through uh, you know, this Tyree Nichols case, I saw... Uh, a post out there about, you know, how can we be upset? We can be upset about this, but we're not upset about us glorifying violence in music. Right. And I just, I'm always talking to my son about this because there is such a heightened, I get it. Back in my day, there was NWA and there was all this stuff, but a lot of that was like against the establishment and it has really turned and we're seeing this in some of these uh, Rico cases now yeah. with rappers. We're seeing this where they, okay, you're living that lifestyle. You're out here shooting people. You're a shooter. Um, and you're, you're putting it all on your social media. You're, you know, uh, spreading it all through your music. You're actually in an, a long-term right, investigation right. and don't know it. And, Really, you're glorifying the fact that anybody stepped to you wrong, they're going to get, you know, splat. Like, right. it's a problem. Yeah. It is really, honestly, it's its own pandemic. It's been happening for so long that I think there's some in community who are just like, man, they're so numb it to it. It is. And it's a problem. It's a really big problem. And so I agree with you in terms of like more folks. I, I, I love the work of people who are doing it on the ground. But oftentimes it they had something happen to them or a family member and they got into that space. Yeah. And so kudos to them for like not just allowing, you know, their situation to be insular and for them to only be the ones to deal with it. But for them to say, I'm going to get connected, be on the ground, do more work, figure out how I can change the laws. When you come out of something like this, TK, and I I'm so glad that you're uh, with us. Um, I'm so glad that, you know, neither one of those bullets took your life or had you in an altered state. Uh, but when you think about what's next in terms of you experiencing this, I know we talked about you going to school and you were like, look, I'm getting my education because I'm about to do more in this realm. You have that heart of service, that heart for community. And really that activism that is so necessary. What do you see for yourself after you've experienced something like this? It makes me want to run to every kid in every neighborhood I can and be like, look, 
what do you guys need to, to, to make you feel safe in your own community? You know what I mean? Like I seen the two town halls that Rainer Beach students did and they had to call out the chief of police to come because he didn't just show up on his own, which is, come on, bro. These are children. These are high school kids begging for help. At this point, they're begging for the help. So it's like, what are we going to do as adults? So me, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to connect with those, those, those students and other students and find a way to get a citywide ceasefire going because this, this cannot keep happening. These kids can't just keep being scared for their lives every day. You know what I mean? We got to do something as a city. And like I said, it, it saddens me that they had to basically, it took them calling out the chief of police for him to show up. He didn't just show up on his own. You know what I mean? And when his kids in a community that is disproportionately affected by that gun violence, you should be running there before they even say anything. You know what I mean? But they, even with my situation, it took them over a month to contact us to even come get their evidence that was spewed all over my front yard that my family collected, right? We picked up their evidence of the stuff they left behind that they didn't get, right? And it took them over a month to come get it from us. No matter how many times we called, like, hey, we got stuff you might need. You might want to come get it. That should never be the case. And granted, like, you know, I'm not expecting much from them because of what they perceived I've done to them. But at the end of the day, your job shouldn't involve bias towards people. Your job is to protect and serve people. So go do your job. Prove me wrong. If that's the, if you feel like I was wrong, prove me wrong by doing your job. Right. Don't prove me right. Which a lot of them did. That's a such an interesting perspective because you are so right. I mean, you were front facing, right? Front facing with like, hey, look, this is what we're talking about. The institution of policing. There's a culture there that needs to really be uprooted and and we need to replant love. And 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 I've said it uh, so many times and people are like, oh, you got these, you know, uh, ideology, some kind of kumbaya. I'm like, it's not that. But when you actually know the officers who patrol your neighborhood who are responsible for protecting and serving your neighborhood the relationship uh can alter these dynamics now when that officer sees that young man or woman out there maybe maybe they're like oh your pants are sagging oh you got a hoodie on. they they have these biases that it may look like something but they know that kid right, right. now it's different you know, right. for them, they're not they're not going to their gun or baton or taser or whatever else first. Right. right. They're like, yo, I know your mama. Yo, she wouldn't want you out here doing this. I know your daddy. He did not stand for, you know, he would right, not stand right. for. There's something different. And I realize that that can sometimes seem um, too optimistic. But I love what you're saying in terms of like, hey, if, if y'all thought I was out there, then prove me wrong. Right. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case for you. No. But it also now fuels you. And that's what I love when you're talking about this citywide ceasefire. TK, you're a powerhouse. <laughs> and I'm excited to see what you do next because you're someone who has not chosen to sit on the sidelines. And I appreciate you even bringing your story here to the day with Trey, because it's so important for people to understand we too, who are out there, we're affected by all of these things that are happening in our communities, negative or positive. Uh, when you think about, you know, message, you want to get out there to communities, as you said, that village mentality, coming back to it. You know, last words for you in terms of message you really want community to hear today. Honestly, stand up for each other. It don't matter. Truthfully, 
Race does not matter. Honestly, race ain't even real. It's a socially constructed idea we ascribe to biology and made real, right? So understand it don't matter what color you are. If you live in that community, you live in that neighborhood, you have a responsibility to stand up and do something about what's going on in that community, in that neighborhood, right? So stand up, live up to your responsibility, right? Be part of your community and don't just benefit from it, right? Don't benefit from what comes to your community. Benefit by what you do in your community because we are all human beings or humans of service. We have all been put on this earth to help and make things better in some sort of way. So as a member of your community or as a member of this village, what do you do? What do you put into your village and your community to make it a safer and a more equitable place for people to live, right? Not just for you to live, but for everybody to live in. How do you affect that change in your community so that the material conditions for others are just as good as it is for you? And I think that's really where I'm going with this. I'm trying to figure out how we start seeing what Tupac says, start seeing each other as brothers instead of two different strangers, right? So that's where I'm on. That's where I'm going with this. We need to figure out a way to start seeing each other as, as human beings and look past what society has put in front of us to just see, right? And I think if you're somebody who wants to be part of that and wants to take a stand, start standing up in your communities first, right? There's something always going on in your community that you can stand up to first before you try to go stand up to the government, right? Because the government only does what communities allow them to do. So before you say, oh yeah, I want to abolish the police, I want to do this, I want to do that. How do you abolish the, the violence in your community, right? Because by abolishing the violence in your community, you can abolish police violence too. And I think that's a good starting point for everybody. Figure out what you can do to contribute to your community and make it a safer, more equitable place for these kids. Not just for you, but for these children and the future generations, you know? Stand up for those guys. Because that's what that's where this is ultimately going, right? TK, always <laughs> dropping gems. Always dropping gems. Wow, wow. Thank you so much for being with of me course. today. Oh, y'all, of course, you know, I get to wrap up all of this beautiful discussion right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey, guys, Lisa Gordon here. And before heading to Belize, Trey Holiday and I had to make sure we linked up with our good friends over at Market Street Shoes to, of course, grab a few things for the trip. From bags to socks, shoes, sunglasses, earrings, and more. Before going on any trip, make sure you stop at Market Street Shoes. Trust me, you'll find just what you need to make your trip not only enjoyable, but fashionable. Pacific Northwest Ballet unveils Giselle, ballet's classic tale of romance, betrayal, and immortal love. The New York Times calls it a triumph, comparable to an epic film. This stunning production is touched by magic. Order tickets now at pnb.org. Wow. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Of course, I got to give a huge shout out to my guest, TK. So great to dive in deep with her. I'm like, look, TK reached out. I'm like, oh, yep. Nope. I'm blocking it because I really wanted to dive in. And I'm so inspired by TK every time I get to sit and chat with her. 
Of course, I want y'all to be inspired. TK was the one saying it. See yourself as a part of the solution is what I heard her say, right? Do something to affect your community. And of course, during this Black History Month, we are elevating those who did something. And today, with our partnership with Black Heritage Society of Washington State, we bring you Frank D. Waldron. Make sure y'all click into these amazing stories at BSBHS. Wa.org, uh, so you can see how we're bringing you inspiring stories all throughout the month of February for Black History Month. Shout out to SJT, Stephanie Johnson Tolliver, and the whole team at Black Heritage Society for this amazing partnership. You know, as we talked about resilience today, and as TK encouraged and urged you to do something in your communities, I was inspired by the work that I get to participate in with The Covenant. Of course, the-covenant.org is an opportunity for everyone to stand up to a set of principles that we will all say, this is what it means to be in community. This is what it means for me to be a community member. And I agree to living and exemplifying and actualizing these principles in my community. It's also another way that you can begin to change your thought process around some of those biases we were talking about earlier as well. So if you can do one thing, you can go to the-covenant.org and sign up as an ambassador in your community. Connect with the organizers who have put this together. I'm just one of them, but there are many of us who have come together to say enough is enough with the gun violence in our community. We're going to stand up to support our community, to protect our community, to engage with one another in a real loving way. That's what we're talking about here. And TK and I did not discuss that before the show. And so the, the, the connection of so many of us who have experienced all of this gun violence around us, whether you are seeing it, uh, you know, from the outside or you're experiencing it personally, it's affecting us all ultimately. So we can all say, we're going to stand up and do something different. We're going to begin to exemplify some sets of principles that say, we're not just accepting that you live in the community, so you're a community member, but we need all of us to elevate our morality and our sense of collective consciousness so that we can embrace loving one another and being in that village mentality that TK described. Of course, for me, I'm always inspired. Y'all be inspired to see yourself as a part of the solution. And for me, until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.